You're listening to the Living Adventures Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Ashley Milkey and Victoria Vance. Tune in for a new episode every Thursday to hear our honest conversations about topics like freedom, creativity, spirituality, luxury living, health and wellness, and above all else, building community. We have real and unfiltered conversations inspired by our search to feel connected to people who give a shit about us, support our dreams, and understand our struggles. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to navigate any moment in your life with the lens of your neurodivergent mind, with a community who gets you. Adventure on. Welcome back to Living Adventures with Ashley and Victoria. Um, This week, we are going to be talking a lot about burnout, and we're going to add a new segment at the end, so stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking about our new current hyperfixations, but before we get into that, let's get started with theme of the week. What about you, Ashley? Yes, theme of the week. Um, Honestly, my theme of the week is burnout recovery. Our hike this weekend reminded me, actually my whole weekend, it was a three-day weekend because Labor Day was on Monday. And I, for, you know, the first time as a business owner, took a holiday off on a Monday. And I swear I would not know when holidays are if it wasn't for the fact that my husband has a normal job. So I took that off and it was like after our hike and then after like resting for two days, I was like, oh, I don't think I've burned out anymore. Like, I think I figured it out. And I know a lot of my clients, like every call I had last week, especially sales calls, was people talking about burnout, but like in a normalized way where they're like, oh, like I'm just, I'm just burnout or I burnt myself out. And so now I'm doing this. And like, they act like it's normal. And I'm like, wait, what? No, 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 no. Circle back, circle back. It's like, people are like, oh, this really crazy traumatic thing is happening to me, but it's fine. You know, we're, we're thriving. We're still running the business. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think? No, that's so true. And it's like, it is good to normalize burnout because everyone really is kind of dealing with it but it's not it shouldn't be normalized to the point of like that's just how it's going to be 24 7 and like I noticed that with a lot of my clients too honestly like this week a lot about a lot of it is like deep heavy burnout that we're working through right now and if I'm honest as you know this is I am burnt out right now and I'm not burnt out to the point that I really need to take a break though and I'm fortunate enough to like have a community to know my burnout signs and have helped people point it out and everything to me. But it is something that I'm glad it's normalized and and we aren't as scared to talk about burnout, but it's been so heavy with clients this week and the past kind of like two, three weeks. um, And as well as like with sales calls is just like constant burnout. And like, this is just how it is. This is just how life has to be, which isn't true. And I know that for a fact, and I'm working to get out of there again. And that's definitely something we need to talk about more. Yeah, and something I've noticed just being in business for the past almost three years now full-time is around this time of year, like right when fall hits, is when like your burnout will make or break you. Like you have an option. Like this is, I feel like, the turning. Because I know for the first two years of my business, this turning point was downhill. Because things are ramping up, especially if you're a business owner, but really anywhere in life. You know, you're about to do a lot of things in terms of there's a bunch of holidays coming up. There's a bunch of family interactions and vacations coming up. There's a bunch of sales things happening if you're a business. Black Friday, Christmas sales, like everything is starting to build up. 
And if you have been building and building and building in your burnout from the beginning of the year and you haven't taken time to rest, learn balance, learn your schedules that work for you, you will crash and burn. And that is what is about to happen for so many people, which is really sad. Definitely. And at least like for us right now, both still in Boston, is I think there's like that second kind of like that burnout thing of it's starting to get cold. We're losing that summer vibe. We're losing that like summer happiness. The days are starting to get shorter, which just like adds another layer of like heaviness. We don't really have control over obviously and seasonal depression or what is it? Seasonal affected effectiveness Effective, disorder sad sad whatever whatever the full thing is um is coming in strong and it's like i already can feel that with myself and though i'm going to escape it real fast and i'm so <laughs> thankful but yeah, tell everyone like, where you're going wait tell everyone where you're um going. it is 100 percent verified now i am going to go to mexico for two months <laughs> i'm so freaking jealous like i swear if you are single without a dog or a partner, get go do something crazy. I, I would be in Mexico yesterday if I didn't have a husband and a dog who I loved very, very much. And even if I only had a dog, I would figure out a way to get Max to Mexico. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, my little my little boy is going to come everywhere with me. Yeah. And by little boy, I am referring to future dog. <laughs> future dog that does not exist, but shall be best friends with my dog. Yes. Yeah. Max doesn't have a choice. He'll have to be social yeah. with him. And that doesn't mean also that you can't travel or you you can't not travel if you have a partner. Like, we're definitely going yeah. to Sedona for a month. But go travel. That's fun. But anyways, yes, seasonal effectiveness order is a big deal. And it's been rainy and sad in Boston all weekend. And that even is making me, like, really challenge myself with, okay, how do I stay motivated but stay rested? And yeah. how much rest is too much rest and how much work is too much work? I, I just think it's a hard balance to find. But, like, what do you think happens specifically in, like, people like us with ADHD? Like, why do you think burnout is so common? There's a lot of reasons for it. And, like, one of the main reasons is with ADHD, we are so focused in the immediate present or in the future that we forget even just, like, two hours, never mind two days behind us. And so we could have dealt with, like, a lot of traumatic events two, three days ago in our business, in our life, in just general, and like traumatic or not, just like a bunch of things and like having to be in fight or flight all the time. Like imagine with Max eating the raisins and everything, like if he wasn't in the hospital, like you wouldn't have that realization of how much was happening, how traumatic that was. And we could have been like, oh, we're so tired. Like, why am I so tired? You're so lazy. And like, then we have that internal monologue of like how other people have spoken to us in the past. And so we push ourselves beyond what we can actually do as general humans, never mind mm. with ADHD. And so we have a, we struggle to have a concept of what we have been doing. And so it's like, we're, this is the time where we're building up to the end of the year. It's our last big push for sales, everything. Um, and what, whatever type of business you own, like you're doing it in a different way. And like, you could have been dealing and you could have had a massive summer like I have in my business. And I know I need to take it a little bit easier right now because of that. And I have those people in my life to remind me that that's happening. So I am able to take that. And so it's important to be able to build like place and also for yourself to be able to step back and remember and notice those things and know like, your energy scales to kind of work on and it's a fine line and it changes and everything this is something I talk about with like a lot of clients and 
what their cues are for where they are on that scale of when to push, sustain, or pull back. Yeah. And just to give some context, I think that's so true. It's so hard to look back and remember what we've done. Like you said, being having ADHD and being so focused in the present. And so what Victoria is referring to is our hiking adventure at the beginning of the summer where we were initially going to see this beautiful waterfall in the White Mountains. We had Which never we did. been hiking. We did. We saw the beautiful waterfall. We saw not the one we went to go to. Yes, because what had happened was, is we went to the White Mountains, which we didn't realize the part of the White Mountains that we were going to go on were part of the Appalachian Trail. And so when we got there, there were all these people who are decked out in hiking gear. I'm talking the boots. I'm talking the clip-on backpacks, the little hiking poles. And we were like, we just decided to go the night before. Like, oh, this would be fun. Let's go hike a mountain. Um, you know, casual. And yeah, so then we got there and we're like, did we mess up? Did we mess up? And they were like, nah. All we had were hokas, guys. Robots. And we didn't we didn't say anything to each other. Like we both had this thought in our head, but we didn't say anything for at least like an hour into it where we were sweating buckets on the mountain climbing and like the people around us were struggling and they had all of the gear and I was just like, um, are we under under prepared ready for this? <laughs> Do we know what we're doing right now? Oh my gosh. Anyways, so what so then it was a grand old time. We found the the waterfall, whatever, but then we got lost and we can dive into this another time, but we ended up hiking ten miles instead of five miles. And then on the way home, Max got into a bag of trail mix and ate some raisins and those are toxic. So then we had to call pet poison control and get Max to a hospital and like that was a solid 16 hour day and it was so crazy because the next day actually the whole next week Victoria and I kept messaging each other and we were like oh my gosh I am so exhausted and I can't figure out why and we had to keep reminding each other like we had just gone through a crazy event and we were so go 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 like she said fight or flight we were we were fighting that bad boy the whole time to to hike to keep Max alive to do all these things And so that takes a toll on your body mentally and physically because of all the physical exercise, all the problem solving that we did. And so like, that's a crazy situation. But even if you're doing problem solving in your everyday life, that impacts your brain, which impacts how quickly you're stressed. And all burnout is, is like amplified stress. If you continue to operate in a state of stress, your body runs into burnout. And so us not reflecting on, hey, that was a super stressful 16 hour day and not resting from it obviously is going to lead us to feel like, oh, I'm exhausted. Oh, I don't want to work and I don't know why. And I think what Victoria, like you keep kind of highlighting without saying, which I think is important, is we have each other to remind each other that like, hey, like we went through something crazy. Maybe we should slow down. And so if you aren't in places where there's people who can recognize your burnout, recognize how fast you're moving, how many problems you're solving, it's easier to continue to drive yourself deeper into that hole. And it's also like based off of accomplishments, if like we don't have, if we're not seeing physical accomplishments of like things that we're working on, we forget of like everything that you've been doing. Like I could walk out of my office today after doing so much stuff, but if nothing really felt finished and I didn't see physical results from it, I'd be like, wow, what the heck did I do today? And we are so hard on ourselves for that and not understanding that and not being able to check in with ourselves and something that's also important to note here is with ADHD we are amazing at fight or flight which is like the superpower as people talk about and like there's a difference between a neurotypical and a person with ADHD in fight or flight because 
more people with ADHD are going to be able to do that fight because we are the hunters, we are the gatherers, we are the, like, if you go back generations to generations where, like, we didn't fully understand ADHD, like, that's who we were. We were the pack leaders and everything. We were the reason why society exists today. But that being said is we cannot survive if we do not come out of that. We are amazing in that fight or flight better than any neurotypical, but you have to come out of that if you want to yeah. survive and not burn yourself out 24-7. Yeah. And having the mindset, like you said, at the beginning of that, where you're like, I did nothing today. I'm not productive. What a sham of a day. Like that is not going to get you out of fight or flight. And I'm the same way. I literally had to teach myself that I need to done list, not to do list. It's to done where I literally at the end of the day, I need to sit down and remind myself of all that I did, all that I achieved. And I'm telling you, like as a business owner, for me, that to done list looks like you filmed three TikToks, you wrote three emails, you replied to 10 emails, you replied to DMs, you coached three clients and even like coaching my clients. Cause it's very easy to look at like coaching clients as like not a very hard thing because I enjoy doing it and not putting it on a to-do list. I have to write it down like every detail. So that way I can look back and be like, I did all of that work. And it's almost like me reminding myself that like I deserve rest. You did the things you needed to do today. And we can go into a whole episode on like goal setting and things like that. But I think a lot of times business owners, we set goals like, like Victoria said, physical. I landed a customer, I landed a client, I made a sale. But those are out of our control to top it all off. Like you cannot control when someone hires you, you cannot control when you make money. And so we have to think about what are the things in my control and did I do those things today to get us out of that like stress-filled area of life that's gonna push you into burnout. Exactly. And it's so important. This is something I teach my clients with. And I talked about it with you this week. And I was like, you do that, right? And you were like, yep, I do that. And you do it without even realizing is like writing those two done, like have done lists. And it's not all about to do list. We love with lists with ADHD. But those have done lists help you realize and is a great way to check in with yourself of like everything that I have done. And even if that activity don't shame whatever those activities is. If it, like that one email, maybe that email, like I wrote a big email that took a long time and like write it out, just don't write one email. Maybe that email took you two to three hours and that's okay. Don't have shame about that. Sometimes emails literally do take that long. Sometimes there's a lot that goes into them. And like coaching clients too is like, that is one of the fav- my favorite parts of my job, but my brain is on 24 seven when I'm in a coaching call. My brain doesn't stop. I'm in fight or flight, not fight or flight, but problem solving, which is you're problem solving. And like, there's only a certain amount of problems that we can solve in a day and doing it for my clients that takes up some of them. Those take some out of my own life that I can do. And that's important to realize. Yeah. And I think the other important thing to realize is like, we get burnout because we are in a constant pressure cooker of stress. So the more stressful situations you put yourself in, they compact and they compact and they compact. And if you don't have coping coping mechanisms to release them, that's when you start to burn yourself out. And so if you think about, okay, the coaching call, was that stressful? A little bit, maybe you didn't think of it that way in the moment, but it is stressful because you're problem solving, trying to find clients, trying to grow a business, trying to grow on TikTok. Like if you're in constant problem solving, like you're saying this fight mode where you're like, I'm gonna figure this out, I'm gonna push through. 
I'm going to keep going. Whatever area in your life, your career, your business, your partnership, if you're in a relationship where you're constantly, constantly stressed, that's going to hit you. And so you have to figure out what are the ways where you release stress in a healthy way that feels good for you. Like I said at the beginning of this, I took three days off and I finally had a three-day weekend. And that releasing stress for Victoria and I often looks like going on hikes where we have no access to screens. Last night, my sister and I, we literally went to the mall and just looked at stuff. That, wow. Hell yeah. Happiest day of my life. I was like, just looking at things. Look at stuff. She was like, if we go to the mall today, would that make your day? And I was like, I don't know. I think it would be fun. I don't know if it would make my day. And then we got there and I was like, my day has been made. I am so stimulated. I am like in a happy bubble of dopamine and I do not have a care in the world. And it's like those moments, whatever it is for you, it could be hanging out with friends, reading a book where you're not in that fight mode and you can just actually relax are going to be the things that take away the stress and the more stress you take off of your body the less likely it is you're going to drive yourself into a heavy state of burnout that takes years even to come out of and it's also something I talk about with my clients a lot is like sleep and ADHD sleep is so freaking important with ADHD I cannot stress this enough your ADHD will seem so much worse if you are not sleeping I am living, breathing proof of that because last year while raising a puppy, aka Bo, Ashley knows this, is I was ready every single day to like, and I hope this isn't taken the wrong ways, but like, you know, when you're so sleep deprived, like I was ready to drop kick Bo off the balcony many times. (laughs) Like I literally could not handle one more thing and I never did any, like I would never do that, but, and I like had to put him in his crate. But it's like, I was overstimulated. I'm overtired. Like that overstimulation comes faster with ADHD. And something that's important to know that I, I teach a lot of my clients is like sleeping. And that sounds weird for a second, but every time clients come to me, they're like, I want to work on like my, my night routine and build a morning routine. And when if we have to build a morning routine, we have to start with a night routine because the morning will not happen if the night is not done right. I am True. a firm, firm believer in this because you can't wake up early if you are not getting to bed a little bit earlier. You don't have mm-hmm. to go to bed two hours early to start. you got to go in small increments. But with ADHD, we can be in that fight or flight all day. We can do all of that. We have that ability. You have to learn, like Ashley said, is like build those coping mechanisms to come out of it. Come out at the end of every day with that. And it's like whether that means you need to take a walk to destimulate your brain and just like think about your day, whatever. If you need to talk about it with somebody and call a friend and whatever and you just want to like talk about it. Ashley and I do that all the time while walking. If you need to journal about it, if you need to... uh, you can literally time lapse and talk to yourself in your phone and do that. I have done that many times before. Mm -hmm. If you need to meditate, like you need to give yourself a time where your brain has time to process the stimulation you've had throughout the day. Because when we are in like that fight and flight, you are not, you are only processing the amount of information we need to make those decisions to do everything. There's so much happening around us that you are able to kind of tunnel vision around But then at the end of the day, our brain needs to process all of that. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be a giant thing. I think when I first thought of, like, when my therapist first brought that up to me, she was like, yeah, you just need to process it. I'm like, so, like, what do I need to do? I need to, like, actively think about every single thing. She's like, no, 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 no. She's like, you just need to let your brain, like, go through the motions. And, like, if that's journaling, you want to put a candle on, you want to just, like, write all the thoughts that come. Because when it's stuck in our head, 
you are going to spiral it and just keep going and go to that negative place. We don't want that because that's just going to continue those negative thoughts and that's going to continue to lead to you to that burnout. That is so funny that you mentioned you're like, okay, so what do I need to do to do this thing? And it's like, right? Because I'm I'm trying to problem solve. (laughs) You're like, let me do more. But sometimes like, so in coaching, there's doing and there's being. You have the things that you need to do and you have the person you need to be in it when it comes to de-stressing, unwinding, you know, doing those things that help you avoid burnout. You have to be a person. And I always say like, I have learned after someone who is like grinded and hustled in my business to grow it that you know, I don't like working at night anymore. If I work past 6 p.m., I have a really hard time going to sleep at night because my brain is like, there are little content ideas and helping this client and I'm gonna text this client tomorrow because I figured out how to solve their problem and I will not stop. I will not stop and it is so important that I have set a hard stop boundary for the latest time I'll work because I do need that time to unwind and like Victoria said, that doesn't mean I have to go on a walk or I have to journal it sometimes it just means I need to just stop thinking about work I just need to be a human I just need to be a person who is living a life like you said going through the motions if you and the other thing I think is important like you mentioned is having routines that you know already are going to help you unwind because those are like defaulting you to de-stressing so like Victoria and I we had you know, we would take our dogs to the park every day at five. Okay, immediately I have to start working at five because Max has to go to the park. Every mm-hmm. night at 7.30, I know I'm going to go on my sunset walk. Like, these are my routines. Every night I know I'm going to cook dinner with Adrian. So if I have these, like, pillars in my routine that I know are going to make me go through the motions, it's easier to unwind because, like I said, it's one less decision in a day where it's you've probably been making a lot of decisions and Victoria's so right in like the night routines and that can even come all the way up to what do you do when you stop working to unwind and can you create easy decisions for yourself to make throughout the night so you can start to de-stress and rely on things you already know are going to help you right like there's there's a part of it that you want to automate like that first like turn off your brain you almost want to automate it so that you don't have to think to go do that And then once that process starts happening, you're going to be able to continue it a little bit more. So that's why I like forcing herself to go to that dog park at 5 p.m. when they were puppies and everything or like to go on a walk because, you know, they've been inside most of the day is like go give them that time. And that also gives you time to like stop being at the computer and then like forcing Mm. yourself to get out of your desk. Like I cannot sit there anymore. And it's we've I've said this and I need to start saying it more, but like like you said, there's times to do and times to be is I genuinely feel like half of my job is just teaching my clients to human. Yeah. And how like, to be. We do like so much. How to be a human. And it sounds so simple and so weird at the same time, but it's genuinely like we can't be we aren't machines. We aren't. We aren't. Yeah. As much and as we want something- to be. Yeah. And that's something that comes up a lot and you wouldn't think it would in business coaching. Everyone wants to hire the business coach that has the roadmap, the blueprint, the steps, the to-dos. And when I come and I have clients that hire me one-on-one, a lot of times we have to deprogram the to-dos, the roadmaps, the way they thought they had to do business and figure out how they want to show up as a person, as a human. I think a lot of people disconnect from how they solve problems, how they make decisions, and so they wanna default to someone else's roadmap, someone else's blueprint to solve that problem. And it's not just how it works. And even when I'm working with my clients to help them uncover burnout and you know, 
fix their life when it comes to burnout, they want a roadmap. They want the four steps, the exact schedule, the whatever. And it's not that like my the way I recovered from burnout, it's not going to be how Victoria fixes burnout for herself. It's not going to be how my client fixes it. Everyone has different energy levels, different work systems, different ways to decompress. And that is what you have to factor in. And that is how you like become human again and not just become human, but like become yourself. Because it really is about like in everything that we talk about in the Living Adventures podcast is like, how can you become more of yourself and surround yourself with more people who think like you? Yeah, and like build that community and build that space for yourself because that genuinely will help you get out of burnout. That will help you stay out of burnout. That will help you feel more in line with yourself and be able to function at a better and higher level that just feels more natural to yourself that genuinely just helps prevent burnout in a way and is what we kind of all need as humans. Yeah. So this is a very like surface level talk on burnout, but you guys got some good action steps on how to actively start to shift how you're approaching your work life and how you're approaching your day to day. So I think now before we wrap up today's fun episode, we should talk about our hyper fixations of the week, unless you have anything else on burnout. I guess I'll add one thing. This is really helpful and I've been talking about it with a lot of clients. Um, One little tip is know your signs of burnout. And what I mean by that is like, I always thought they had to be physical signs and I have had to quit my job because of burnout before and everything and work through severe. And something with my therapist that she pointed out like the last time I was severely burnt out and is helping me this time is like, knowing these early signs that I say to myself inside my head that are like me knowing I'm about to be burnt out or it's about to start to get to that point. And so I'll leave you my, I'll leave you all with mine, which are often, I wish I could just burn it all down. I wish I could just go live in a cave or in a cabin. I just want to escape society or I wish I could just pause time and take a massive nap. Like I think uh, about the click remote, that movie, like we talked about that this weekend and I could just press pause and like go take like a two day nap or whatever. If I'm saying those things, that means I really am about to get burnout or I am already. And then I need to start taking a step back. And so learn, and as I've said those, I know people will relate and have maybe similar ones, whatever they may be, if you have the same ones and know those for yourself as signs that you need to step back before it gets too late and it decides it like life and everything decides you have to step back first yes let yourself have that place and that agency still to know when to step back is really helpful yeah mine are definitely i want to run away like anytime if i'm like i want to run away i want to burn everything to the ground i don't want to be here anymore i'm booking a one-way flight to somewhere and looking back on my life like i literally have run away from burnout like when i didn't want to be in ohio i was i took a year off before i went to college and i burnt myself working full-time and then I ran away to Miami and then when I left Miami to come to Boston I was running away from you know the pandemic working from home working 12 hours a day like totally burnt out mine are also whenever I wake up in the morning and I dread work I am someone Mm -hmm. who loves my business I love the work I do I am so excited to work and if I it took me a while to notice this I was like oh everybody doesn't want to work sometimes and it's like no I love what I do 
I am burnt out or I need to rest if there's days when I'm waking up and I'm like, I don't want to do this. And sometimes I have to honor that energy and be like, okay, I'm not going to do this today. So I definitely think those are key and I'm sure there's a whole list. Um, definitely let us know on some of our socials what your list yes. of things are that make you say, I want to, like your signs of burnout, if you've ever noticed them or if this is triggering like an idea of some for you. I'm so curious because those are definitely minor great to journal and just have in your head to know for signs for yourself these can help you a lot to still have that agency in your burnout yeah and i mean even last week victoria and i go live on our tiktoks with our communities and i think on the same day last week last thursday we were both like i woke up in the morning and i was like oh like that i had that feeling around going live and i'm not usually like that i'm like yes we're gonna go live it's gonna be so fun i i like talking to people and i get energized but on thursday i was like Okay, here we go. And I'm like, no, do not go live. Your body wants a break. And I know Victoria was like, I also was like, I can't do it today. Because we recognize those signs where it's a thought pattern. And like you said, it's not always a physical sign. Sometimes it's a sign in our brain. It's a thought. It's a, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, do I have to do this? And it's like, okay, don't. Take a break. Let's pause. Let's see what our body is actually needing. So, yeah. Yeah, it's important. Cool. All right. We could go into burnout 45 more minutes. But I think we need to tell you about our hyperfixation of the week because it is the same. And we quite literally watched a documentary on it. And Victoria, let's tell everyone what we're hyperfixated on this week. Moose. Just moose in general. It's <laughs> and moose, their antlers. Have you, and so you're going to learn some stuff today. Did you know that... First of all, I have never seen a moose in my life. And when Victoria told me if there's a moose coming and you're driving, because when we were first starting hiking in the White Mountains that trip, we saw all these moose crossing signs. And I'm like, moose, like, oh, is it like a deer? Like, and if you hit it, like your car gets messed up. And she's like, no, like if you hit a moose, like you'll probably die, your car will be totaled and the moose will be fine. And I'm like, I don't understand. And if you've never seen the size of a moose, I need you to go on Google right now and Google moose. And I need you to look at how big that boy is compared to a car um they're literally like two times the height of a car so make that make sense um oh yeah they weigh like double the car most cars like a classy yeah i was literally in shock and so then why did we want to learn about moose this weekend how did that happen did we just see more moose signs did we See, this is a problem when you hyperfixate and you don't even know how, why it happens. Oh, so I think it, I, I, I remember a certain thought of like, so I have seen moose before. Um, I will say that. Like I have a lot of family in like Canada and everything. I have family who like lived in Alaska for a while. I have been around moose before. My family unfortunately like hunts them and everything. Not moose specifically. They more hunt bears and everything. But I, I've never done it myself. Uh, I always had this thought of like, how do moose just like go? Cause like their antlers are so massive that I'm like, how are they not like breaking down half the forest? And like, yes. I think I just had that thought and I just said it out loud. And then it just kind of started like our cycle of like wondering a lot of things about moose. And their and heads are heavy. How do they hold their head yeah. up? We were like, how do they hold their head up? How do they I'm nap? Like, are their neck muscles insane or whatever? Which right. one? Their neck muscles are pretty big compared to the size of their head. If you look that totally. up, like just so you know. But, and then the most fascinating fact about moose is that around this time every year, they're going to shed their antlers. They grow new antlers every year. They shed them off 
Okay, and the gruesome detail is they're velvety. That's not gruesome. That's cute. They have velvety antlers. Mm -hmm. And to shed them, they have to rub off the skin and fur to allow the antler piece to fall off. So they literally go up to trees and just rub their antlers on the tree to get the skin off. And the skin is bloody. And, like, we saw really gross images of moose antlers. But you can go look it up if you want. Um, but if you ever see around this time of year, like if you saw like a moose with like bloody antlers, that's why, um, because they're shedding them because they do not, they take too much heat in the winter away from them. So they have adapted. They originally didn't, but they have adapted to not have them all year round now. And every year they grow back and like around this age of like 13, I think they said is when they start to start shrinking again. Fascinating. Fascinating. And on that that note, go to social media and let us know what your hyperfixation of is the week or what you've Googled about moose now since we mentioned that. I truly need to know. And before we head out, make sure that you head to the Living Adventures podcast review section. Give your girls a five-star review because I think we deserve it. And if you aren't willing to hype yourself up, no one else will. So hype us up because we're hyping ourselves up. You know what I'm saying? And let us know You've what you You've got to be your podcast. own biggest fan. Yes. And I will be my own biggest fan and your biggest fan, especially if you give me a five-star review. So go do that and then make sure you follow us on all the social media channels. And if we have an email list up by now, which maybe we will, go join that because you'll get updates on our new podcast episodes and other cool stuff that we might be doing. Anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. This is the Living Adventures crew. Um, Um, And that's it. We're out. Signing (laughs) off. Peace out. (laughs)